This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. You still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Welcome back to the Pages Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brown. With me tonight, middle brother, Steve Brown. Steve, how's it going? Terrible. Yeah, Greg. Baby brother, Greg Brown. How this you doing? This is the the funeral edition. I should have worn black. The eulogy edition of the Pages Dynasty The eulogy. Podcast. So, we're recording this kind hey, of the, Andy, the week. Can I interrupt? Well, you already have. Can so I interrupt? Well. <laughs> when I when I die, can you guys do a podcast, the two of you, and talk about how much you loved me? <laughs> what makes you think you're gonna die? First? I want to put this. That's what I'm saying. You don't think I'm going first? <laughs> I already got the hey, body. The way I live my life. Yeah. <laughs> the way I live my life, dude. I think Greg is the odds-on betting favorite here. You might be mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, I, if if your dying wish is to have us do a shitty podcast that nobody listens to about how much or what we think of you, then yeah. Would you yeah, like I'll come us up to with a topic list? Special guests, Greg. Um, mom, Connor. See if you can get some celebrities. You know, I'll, I'll probably have a lot of like rich celebrity friends by then. So, sure, sure. All right, you know. all right. So somebody will listen to it then. Yeah. Not for us then, for the celebs. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. Um, But yeah, so we're recording this the week after the last Patriots game of 2020. We're like, yeah, it's 2019 season, right? It is 20. No. 2021. It's 2021. This year is so long and we're only seven days in. (laughs) We're 2021. It's currently 2021. Yeah. So we just finished the 2020 season. The Patriots finished seven and nine only by beating the two win New York Jets on the last week of the season. Uh, were you boys rooting for them to win and beat the Jets or lose and get a better draft position last week? Yeah, I had an incredibly mixed feelings because, I mean, think about it. When's the last time we've been in this position was – like I honestly can't really remember the two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I mean, I was like 13 years old. Yeah. I don't remember that shit. I don't know. So far back. We like. haven't even covered it on the podcast. That's how yeah, long. And like any year they didn't miss the playoffs or whatever. They were like, it was always down the last one. So you never, you, I had to reach out to Trevor and I was like, Trevor, right, he's <laughs> the guy, the lion stand that we had on yeah. earlier. And I was like, how do I handle this? I mean, he's the expert, you know? Uh, yeah, what do we do now? Do I well I didn't I didn't did I root for the Jets to win and get a better draft pick or do I like go with my hatred of the Jets? Uh and honestly I it was it was felt like almost like a win-win. It was weird that that's how I felt terrible as I thought it was gonna be because I was like, well, you know, either way, either we beat the Jets or we get a better draft pick. Yeah, or we slide into that top 10 range. I feel like I did was, uh, I was sort of loot, rooting to lose, you know? I wasn't. No. I couldn't do it. At, at the end of the day, I, there was literally no pressure on this game, which felt weird. Yeah. But 
I was still rooting for them to win. I, I couldn't root for them to lose to the, the Jets. If it was anybody else, maybe, but just because it was the Jets, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, well, so, but we haven't been through it with the Patriots, but we've seen Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins seasons where you're like, I guess the draft isn't such a, I mean, not the, the Celtics kind of, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's a few years with the Celtics there where you were like, they're probably better off losing these games. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I just want to see some competitive. I guess that's the difference, right? Is that they should win this game, right? Mm-hmm. If they were playing the Chiefs, we'd be like, all right, they should, look, we want them to be competitive, but still lose. Yeah, but right. since it was the Jets, you're like we. If we lose, this is really embarrassing too. So it's like, <laughs> and it's I, I don't want to add that on top of this already shitty season. So yeah, yeah. and I ain't no Doug Peterson bitch either. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. I was surprisingly upset about that <laughs> as a third party fan. Were you, yeah. were you having, like fantasy on it either too? Because I know like no, nothing. I was just had, like, like no. it just seemed like such a bitch move. It's you know? such a bitch move. Yeah. 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 I agree. And uh, especially although, when these coaches like the f- the fact yeah, that yeah. the the Giants were so upset about it, I was like, I, I understand where you're coming from, but also you only won six games. Like you didn't deserve to be in the yeah. playoffs. So the fact that you're like bullshit that they they're the ones that kept you. I was like win seven games in a season yeah well, i had no sympathy for giants fans but at the same time like it what pissed me off is like all these coaches always like talk in post games about the culture and like yeah. we play to win we play to win Constantly. and he even did it after the game and you always kind of know that it's a bit bullshit and this just brought it to light that it's complete bullshit he doesn't give a he doesn't give a shit no. you know the players on his roster but like how are those guys going to show up the next year and play for that guy it's like yeah. I, guys, I need you to leave it all on the field like why Leave it all on the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, yeah. No, you know. And this was this was the coach that was supposed to be the one that unseated Bill Belichick after he beat him in the Super Bowl. The one, yeah. The yeah. line of the ones. There's always one. And the only one I think who's actually maybe given that some credence is Andy Reid. Anybody else in this 20-year reign that you thought, yeah, no, he could be the next guy? Maybe Jim Harbaugh for a while? John Harbaugh, uh, McVay, like the wonder kid. And he, he made even I, I was impressed by that Rams game this year. And Belichick seemed to really like him. Yeah, but he lost the Super Bowl. I, if you lose a Super Bowl to Belichick, then like that kind of excludes you, right? Although um, I I say that after saying <laughs> Andy Reid, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah, Tomlin, he's quietly yeah. put together a pretty good career. Except the Jaguars were. But he was so up and down too. Yeah, he was either beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl or going like four and twelve. Yeah, and there was no middle ground. Tony Dungy, maybe. Tony Dungy never really felt like he had a ton of success against the Patriots, though. No, it was always more attributed to Peyton Manning too, like their success. Adam Gase. (laughs) Easy tiger. So yeah, so this is a podcast, uh, a eulogy podcast, where. My brothers wanted to do whoa, whoa. something. All right, Steve. This is Steve's to, suggestion. Yeah, I wanted to do a podcast about the end Jets game. of the Patriots dynasty. But I think that begs the question, is the dynasty officially over? I think, I think it's a, a conclusive yes. We already had this discussion, I feel like, on this podcast. But if they figure it out next year, 
get to the AFC Championship game, does that not continue it? No, that's a totally new thing. The dynasty has to be still Belichick, still the head coach. Right. I don't know, dude. Yes. What, what if they bring back like Jimmy G? And you can't, you can't just like have a oops, uh, miss the playoffs and go seven and nine years. It's not a dynasty. Sure, you can. No. The Patriots right, did it in two thousand eight. Sort of the the Cowboys twenty years of winning ten games or eight and eight or winning seasons. You know, all, so, all sorts of records are snapped this year. Making the playoffs, true. winning the AFC East. Uh, you know, see, winning seasons, ten win seasons. We haven't had a ten uh, less than ten win season since two thousand. Uh, two thousand two, they went nine and seven. No, we went ten and six. No, I think we nine, nine win seasons. Whatever. Fuck it, I'm on board, Steve. I'm with you. I feel like nope. this, is a, this is a pretty me. clear line of saying because Belichick's got to rebuild the whole thing up too. Like, there's a whole like, I think a lot of the guys that have been around are gone. I don't think Julian comes back. I don't. I don't think Steph comes back, and it's going to be handed over to the young guys. It'll be a whole new crew. I wouldn't be. Maybe like McCourty is the only one who really hangs over. Well, as the optimist of the podcast, I'm going to disagree. I think this is a blip. I think this is a 2008. Like, yeah, yeah, it's playoffs, whatever. Fuck it. Reload next year. Back on top of the AFC East. And uh, I think they do this for <laughs> What makes you believe that? <laughs> Blind also, optimism. We also have Andy on record going twelve and four was the Patriots' record this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I was the the lowest win total this year out of all of us. I think Greg said sixteen and zero. Oh yeah, but that was being facetious. <laughs> Either way, none of you picked six wins. So tell me the truth, though, Andy. Are you saying that like as a uh, a fan, or are you saying that as a logical human that's looking at it from an objective view? I don't think you can be both. I think you okay. can. I'm glad you're admitting that about yourself. <laughs> I'm admitting about all of us. I don't. I don't so think you, any of you are. You don't know shit about objective. football, is what you're telling me. <laughs> so you are so just all your homeless. God. All your opinions are are completely moot. <laughs> all opinions are moot. Fuck out I've, of here, I've cornered you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you have not. As a fan, I'm allowed to have optimism, and I'm allowed yeah, to share. I am. I am not like. Don't get me wrong. That's not. Like I have no optimism, but I do think that that dynasty with Belichick and Brady built and went on that big ass run for 20 years. That is. It's own thing now and whatever happens even if we do go back and win the super bowl next year that'll be a different dynasty i'll view that if they win the next five super bowls that'll be a different dynasty but what if they just win the one more you're not going to tack that onto this dynasty then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a second dynasty it would just be a, a a winning season just like the eagles had right yeah well the eagles didn't have it coming off already had two dynasties what I think we already had two separate dynasties. I think the yes. the early years where the defense was leading the charge, I think that's one dynasty. And then the the post-08 where it was like a completely different like approach to the game. Mm-hmm. I think those were, in my opinion, two separate dynasties. I agree, yeah. So I think if you start over with a fresh quarterback, to me that's definitely a line of like, okay, this is a new thing now. Yep. 
then like those two dynasties definitely existed as two different dynasties, but they're tied together because same quarterback, same coach. Yeah. The same sort of system. A lot of that's literally the only players. two people that were part of both of them, right? How many how many players Big won the Super, 2004 Super Bowl and then the 2000 and what? Dante Scarnecchia. Yeah. He's he's part of the fucking the 1985 Super Bowl team. <laughs> I think he was. But did he start like 83 or something ridiculous? It's something something ridiculous yeah. like that. He's gone. So the dynasty's over because he's not here. That's yeah. a hot take. That's true. <laughs> mm. But like Casero's gone now too. He's been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I would I would be willing to bet that Josh McDaniels gets a head coaching offer and leaves as well. Doesn't sound like it, but maybe. The Chargers, maybe. Maybe, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not ready to call it over yet because I'm thinking maybe from the stance of the podcast of when do we stop doing this? And I think if they continue to be good next year onwards, I don't think we're going to be like, stop doing the podcast because the dynasty's over. And are you really thinking like 40 years in the future? Uh, at this point, it will be forty years at the rate we record episodes. But yes, I mean, can we do the math here? I mean, this question will be. I, I think I did the math, and it was three hundred and sixty-two games or something uh-huh. before this this season. Um, so if it ended at the end of twenty nineteen, that was that many weeks. Was what like six ish years, six and a half years? Yeah, but an episode every week. So we do an ep- a recording two out of every three weeks too, because we ain't gonna stick in the. I ain't gonna talk to you guys every week for the rest of my fucking life. Mm. Can't handle that. Cool. The only reason we're doing this is because we're locked down. This is true. I yeah. feel like I'm on a little trip right now. I'm sitting in my goddamn bedroom. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on, Stevie. <laughs> that's that's oh, great for an audio, audio meeting. Nicely done. Yeah, for those listening, Steve just secured his seatbelt. He's pantomimed putting a seatbelt on. Click. <laughs> Is that good? Oh, wait, I got you. <laughs> Sounds like you're from your baritone days, Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. That was me from my trombone days, baby. That's true. Oh, we're all horn players, huh? Yeah, we all, we're all the British. We should Greg. start a fucking jazz band. I, what do you mean, where did I play? Did you play an instrument? You played trumpet. I was the best. I was the best fucking trumpet player in the tri-state area. That's not, not a true chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> I used to sit at the back and, and not actually play it, but press the buttons on the top. That's part of a baritone. And just be like, please, cool. yeah, please don't fucking. They used to like pick people randomly to like play to get the tune. Be like, okay, play a B flat or whatever. And I'd be like, just please don't. Pick on me, please. Don't pick on me. <laughs> you can't. You can't fake that with a trombone, because if you're doing the opposite thing as everybody yeah, else, that's true. It's blatant. Mm. Yeah. You can fake it like a motherfucker with the baritone. No one knows. It's all about fart know. noises, anyways. You know. Well, did, didn't Dad write about that in the Christmas letter about how you uh, you used to approach all the songs as a race and you would always finish first? Yeah, that's a bold-faced lie, but half those Christmas letters are bold-faced lies, so, you know, he definitely embellished it. Whatever helped you sleep tonight, Steve. That's great.
<laughs> Steve's just finishing off halfway through the song. That was fucking so done. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Stands up and walks out. <laughs> I'm finished. I don't know what you guys are still doing. Leave the baritone behind. Take the piece with me. Uh, oh shit. Yeah. All right. But let's operate under the assumption that this dynasty is over. Okay. Okay. For the purposes so, of this episode, even if we have a disagreement. Okay. I, I, all right. I'll, I'll give you that. So if you want to do that, would, would either of you like to, to say some words, anything you'd like to, to get off your chest? No. Yeah. I, I just want to, I just want to say that a, like an underrated part of the Patriots being so good is having something to live for as a fan. Yes. <laughs> or a person, you know, like, cause life sucks. Right. And life sucks even more now because like social media blows, everything sucks. You can't go nowhere. Can't see friends, family. And just having like in the back of your head, I'll oh, just get through till Sunday. Cause it's the Pats on Sunday. You plan your week around it. You listen to podcasts, you watch TV, you watch YouTube and you're all just getting hyped up all week for these big games. And they did, they gave that to us for fucking 20 years. 20 and that every single year for 20 years, when this time of year came around and it's the worst time of the year, like after oh, new God, year's, absolutely. Yeah. Worst. Every year they gave us weeks and weeks and weeks of meaningful. Let's get through this week by waiting for the game on Sunday. A meaningful And it didn't game. even matter how the game went, even though the games went great, but just the fact of that lead up of getting yourself hyped and like reading about it and thinking about it, that's worth more than anything. They, so I want to thank Yeah. Be it, a, yeah. be it a win or a loss, the games were always like exciting. Can, mm-hmm. I can only imagine a couple yeah, they didn't. Their their biggest Super Bowl margin of victory was the most recent one. Yeah, and what was the score of that? Ten three or some shit like that. Right, thirteen three. Thirteen three. They won by ten points. Yep. Right, and that was off of a garbage time field goal, basically. That listen. What did we do? A fair bit of bests and worsts, and that was Greg's best about being a fan. What's what's been your worst part about being a fan through all this, Greg? Uh, I guess it's kind of like a double-sided coin there, right? Where it's, Mm. it also, it's like draining to a certain degree of this. Like there is something refreshing about this year of like, I can watch a full weekend of football and not give a shit. You know, I can go golf this weekend and just be like, I don't care. I don't have to fucking schedule around a football game, you know, which is, it's kind of nice. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it every year, but to have a year off where it's like, okay, I can just sit and relax without being like, well, I hope the Patriots play first so we can get that game out of the way and I can enjoy the rest of them, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember I, thinking that every year. Off of off of that, I've enjoyed this season because I decided after the Chiefs game, I wasn't staying up for night games anymore. And I've slept so much better this season because they play so many like primetime games especially like the last few years too, for some reasons, always like a Sunday night or a Monday night. And my, my week gets wrecked because I'm fucking old and I need my eight hours. So if I don't get that, I'm wrecked for the week. So I've just decided this year that I'm 
not going to watch the game live if it's a night game and I'll just wake up early and watch it the next day. Sure. And I got to I got to not have to watch the Bills game because I woke up and happened to see the score before I turned it on and thought that's that's not worth it to me. So, so I didn't watch the Just to recap Andy, the worst part about being a fan for you is staying up late to mm-hmm. watch the exciting games. Okay, just, just making sure. And what was well, the best that, part that, about that, being that, a fan, Andy? In that's as bad as it gets. Content right there. As bad as it gets. <laughs> and when you've already had that. my warm glass of milk, <laughs> and then they go to overtime. <laughs> Bro, I go to bed at fucking nine o'clock nowadays. Cool. So, so games that go on till midnight, that's three hours past my bedtime. Like, fuck yeah. that noise. Yeah. Get up at fucking <laughs> five o'clock. Your best, drive to Boston. Just give us your best part about being a fan. The one o'clock games or what one o'clock games? <laughs> they don't play one o'clock games. <laughs> complaining about complaining about the rest. Is that your best? <laughs> My best is that we have so much content to go through because it has been 20 years. And I think also underrated that nobody really talks about is I feel like the success of the Patriots has elevated the other sports teams in Boston. Sure. Like when, before 2001, how many championships had we seen in our lifetime? Any? For like across the sports. Mm, no, no, yeah, none I can think of. Oh. Right. But as soon as the Patriots started winning on a regular basis, now all of a sudden there's this focus on excellence for all the other sports too. So we've seen now. You think so? I no, I think Andy's right. I think there has been at least more pressure on them to also be good. Yeah, because th- this was yeah, never a, a Patriots town. This is always either like a Red Sox, like a Red Sox town, because they were the Cubs and because they'd never fucking won. Which not a but, great but, look. But you're telling me there was no pressure to succeed on the Red Sox before the Pats won? No, not that. But the pressure was amplified. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe the Red Does Sox aren't a great example, but the other two teams, I think. I don't know. I feel like a professional organization is always trying to win, especially in like a sports crazy town. You know, tell that to a Lions fan. His point is made it, it made it crazier, if that makes sense. And and it, and it spread it from just the Red Sox to it, it definitely spread the fandom out because it was so focused on the Sox and yeah. And it seemed like you went from the Celtics to the Bruins to the Sox, right? And those are like those are sort of the focus. And then this is you know, Patriots were the good ones, and now everyone cares about everything a little a lot more. Yeah. That might be something to like thinking you can win games. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just like having that expectation when you come to Boston that this is. Yeah. When you come to a Boston team, you're expected to win. Right. I could see that, I guess. All right. My best is. I mean, despite outside of the obvious is I lived in D.C. for a lot of this last 14 years or so and just all of the shit talking ammo is given me just you know because <laughs> at some level i've built my brand around being a patriots fan like at work and with my friends and stuff like that so yeah, you got the flip side of that coin is whenever like this season i've been getting a lot of shit back but for the first 14 years you know people are like oh what do you think about that patriots game last night and i was like dude just wake me up when it's the afc championship game <laughs> and, and, and like, you would almost always oh, be right we always get there and they just like they're like oh, i hate you so much and like oh, they're talking about regular season football I'm like yeah whatever it doesn't matter until the AFC <laughs> championship you know? and we win it 
every other year. Yeah. The AFC well, Championship we win every other year. It was uh, it was cool to just, you know, just rub it in people's faces. <laughs> Wicked, man, over and over again for years yeah. and years and years. You are you are verbalizing why people hate Patriots. Man. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I think we all are. Yeah. Oh, it's really nice to get through the winter with meaningful games to watch. <laughs> I, but I have created well, a lot every of fucking year. Yeah, but for the Steve's last persona, years. his brand is created on. Oh yeah, I don't care about regular season games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the I most pretentious like. Yes. <laughs> Steve Brown is if Barstool Sports was an actual person. Yeah, but just living in a different city too. Just. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm trying to think of the worst part. I don't have anything that like really jumps out, but you know, a lot earlier, less so now. But like, it used to kind of like when we lose a big game, you're gonna fuck me up emotionally, you know. I think because I mm-hmm. staked a, a fair bit of my personality to that team and how they did, and especially that Giants Super Bowl where we lost, like. Oh. The shit fucked me up like a week. And like yeah. my I was just like I was emotionally too tied to the team. And like it just had a little much, a little bit too much control over just how my life was going. And I had to like mm. I had to manage that. And I, I learned to manage that as I got older, but for a while there it was bad. Oh yeah. And Greg can attest to how see I can I Yeah, I can do it post game now. Like during the game, I still get very heated. Well, like, I, it depends on, especially if I'm watching with people that don't give a shit or whatever. Yes. But as soon as the game ends, I can move on really quickly now. But mid game, I'm oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm a fucking nightmare. <laughs> well, there was that that Super Bowl, the Atlanta Super Bowl, was probably the the peak of that. The in game, <laughs> we were at a bar in DC, which was full of Patriots fans, which was awesome. But I had my friend there and my girlfriend at the time who didn't really know each other. And it comes to halftime and I tell him to take her home to get Were either of them football fans. Uh, Steve is a big Steelers fan. She was oh. a Redskins fan. And I'd said, just Steve, take her home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just get these fuckers out of here. Nobody see this. No, yeah, you know that was my thought process. I was like, they don't need to see this meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, I, I definitely got shit for that because then they got home and turned it on. And the Patriots came back and won. <laughs> but but in my defense, maybe we don't win if I don't send those fuckers home and get them out of that environment. You know, maybe I yeah. needed to be surrounded by all Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched a Patriots Super Bowl with other people since the giant super bowls so you're welcome oh. well that kind of yeah. takes the fun out of it andy you got to watch it with some people no nope. i try to I, you I gotta try you, to get you gotta yeah you gotta watch it with people who care as much because that's what drives me crazy is when people are like why are you so upset it's like it's like telling a woman they're crazy or they're acting crazy. Like it's just some shit you don't say. <laughs> That's a, an apt analogy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. For all of yeah. you gentlemen out there who who want to know what your your significant <laughs> other is feeling when you say why you why are you acting crazy, just think about those those Patriot Super Bowls. 
And think about the person who's like, I don't understand why you're getting upset. They're only losing. Whatever. It's just a game. Yeah, there's a lot of hormones running through me right now. Okay. <laughs> that time of the football season. <laughs> <laughs> that time of the season. Oh my god. All right. Let's do uh maybe best and worst like player coach moment or something, one of those things. Well, I just wanted to to add on. I, I think um off of Greg's point, I think another best is the fact that we've got to watch 41 extra games than like most other teams because they have had over the 20 years 41 playoff games in 20 years so we get at least two extra games on average every season which is bananas and also they've won 73 percent of them which is and those are the best games those like the the cream of the crop games yeah like meaningful games in a time where it's fucking cold it's dark out it's like weather sucks work sucks you're fucking you're in debt because you spent too much money over the holidays buying people shit yep you've got the pages there winning games yeah yeah um but like and then also the the other edge of that sword is that and we've kind of touched on this before at least i have um you have that expectation every game so watching the games uh, steve talked about this a bit for this season where it's not there anymore but like you go in expecting them to win every game and so to greg's point like if they're not winning or they're not winning the way the patriots should be winning or they're not playing the patriot way this game it's super frustrating and a lot of the games i felt like even regular season games were like frustrating until the end when they won you know because it's like, well, they should be beating the Dolphins by two touchdowns, and they're only winning by three up until the fourth quarter. It's like, what the oh, fuck yeah, is going on? Interception in the red zone. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 then like you were talking about, Steve, when the Patriots would lose one of those random games, you just get like so like we we don't know how to deal with losses, which is again the reason why everybody hates us. But when they do lose, they're not supposed to lose because they don't ever do it. And so you kind of go into the game with that mentality as well. And so I felt watching games, like regular season games anyway, got to be like almost draining for a while. But it was worth doing it because you knew they were going to win 12 of these every season. So you may as well like stick it out to the end because it's Brady. And no matter how they're playing, they're going to have a chance at the end. But like if they didn't get over that hump at the end, you're like, what the fuck? The season doesn't yeah, start that, in the championship game. I already said that. That was sneaky why 07 was so awesome because you had high expectations That's and true. then they went in and, and like exceeded it and just shit stomped everybody in their and way. And then even more like, the end of the season, like, all I the games on that extra importance because you wanted them to finish the season undefeated. You know, like, yeah. yeah, which is why the 07 Super Bowl was so shattering. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was because they had done but, it all uh, the way. Yeah. Uh, That's like fucking... Speaking of worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so all right. Best so yeah, so so to C's point, let's do um let's do best and worst. Let's start with games since we're on the topic already. What's well then the Super Bowl can't be part of the worst then. Well, all right, we could do uh, best and worst playoff games and regular season games. Well, let's just do you can't do that one Super Bowl. All right, that's fair. No soup no Super Bowls. Those are too easy. 
Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. I, I I think those are a given. The best is the Atlanta mm-hmm. Super Bowl or well, any of the Super Bowls or any of the Super Bowl wins. And the worst the Super Bowl losses. Yeah. Super Bowls so. are out of out of contention here. All right. So give me your best game, Greg. It's like a Sophie's choice for Super Bowls, you know? Like <laughs> uh, how am I gonna pick between my children? <laughs> like they're all so beautiful and I love them all so much. And I want them all to do well in life. <laughs> my children, you mean brothers, right? <laughs> I meant by Super Bowl victories. <laughs> uh, all right, so Steve, get, uh, Greg, give me your 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 best game that's not a Super Bowl. I mean, I think you know what that game is. I think I do, but I want to. I've hear said it multiple times in this podcast: the snowball against the Raiders is. It, it might be the best game. Again, it's hard to vote against the Super Bowl, but I think just where where when it occurred within the dynasty. The last game at Foxborough, the yeah. snow, the basically like everyone like making like this is their coming out party for like a bunch of players. Mm. The just the environment, the fucking retro of it. It, it was just a fucking beautiful. It's football. It, that's football. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. Like even yeah. the the Super Bowl against the Falcons, like that was like that was you know, it was like meet. a track meet. Yeah, yeah, it was a track meet. Whereas, like the the snowball was like that's fucking football. Yeah. And even that last drive that we never really remember, where they they went for it on fourth down so they could get a closer field goal, and like all like everybody was mm-hmm. just yeah, and everyone like gets up from being tackled and they're just their face mask yeah, full of exactly. snow. It's just like so. Football. This is just the coolest visuals ever. And there's there's uh what David Patton catching every single pass on his knees. Yeah. Just yeah. Because he can't stay on In his like feet. a foot and a half of snow. Yeah. Brady spiking the ball and falling over. It oh, has that yeah. same yeah. like when you like think about the old old school NFL games like the ice bowl and like they're always like that is like crazy weather makes like a an okay game like you know, legendary. And that one was yeah. both like crazy weather, but like an actual legendary game where Vinatieri was kicking, you know, hard field goals in perfect weather in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. And the fans too, like you talk about Patriots fans being kind of spoiled. Like I, you could just watching that game, like the shots I showed of the crowd, like yeah. those were not spoiled fans. There's no. like shirtless dudes, shit faced, throwing <laughs> snowballs you know? at, uh, at Phil Sims. Yeah. Yeah. That, that have a two hour wait till they can get out of the parking lot after the game. Yeah. <laughs> not getting home till 3 a.m. Then they got to be at work yeah. next morning. That's without the snow. Imagine how long it took to get home that night. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can hold till 2, 3 a.m. Ridiculous. All right, so that's your best game. Do you have a worst? Yep. Less to Let, choose You guys from. do your best, and then I'll, I'll, think, I'll think through. I, have one, I do have one in mind. All right, I Steve, do, give me, you me, give me your best. Now? No, we'll do best first. Uh, okay. Mine okay. is the Edelman to Dola game. Oh, yes. yep. playoff game that's against the Ravens. There. That's a great Not game. only did it have... A two 14 point comebacks. Ravens are wicked good at that point. It also had the learn the real book, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) From Brady to to Harbaugh. And it was just like, and they pulled that shit on them. It was like, and they were just like, you can tell the Patriots, that was like, that was almost like as as hard fought as a Super Bowl that year because they were just like pulling all the stops. They were just fucking going hard. Yeah. And And it was like, 
it came off the heels of that long, like Super Bowl list streak where we're, we're wondering if they were going to ever get one more. Yeah. And it was like, oh, the Ravens, they, we should beat them, but they kind of have our number to it. But is yeah. it real? And then they they're the one team that's not scared to come like, into to Gillette and, yeah. and give you the business. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And then we come back and we're like, all right, back in it. And then immediately go down 14 again. You're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and then they come back again. You're like, oh, this is, it's destiny yeah, yeah. now. That one was really satisfying. Really yeah. satisfying. Really satisfying. Oh, I'm torn. I have to say. I think I would probably go with the game after Greg's, the 01 AFC Championship game against the Steelers. Because you have the Troy Brown blocked field goal lateral, which is probably the most Troy Brown play ever. You have Brady going down, Bledsoe coming in and throwing the game-winning touchdown after everything he's been through. And the fact that they were such underdogs that at the beginning of the game, Gil and Gino were like, oh, uh, even though everybody's expecting them to lose, the Patriots have actually shown up to this game and will play tonight. <laughs> like they were such underdogs that everyone's like, I like yeah. there's always all this talk about Steelers fans booking their tickets to to uh wherever yeah. it was, uh where was the game? It was in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. They're all booking their flights already because they're it's basically a done deal. Um and a Troy Brown punt return. And the yeah. Troy Brown punt return for touchdown too. Yeah, yeah. Troy Brown block field goal. Yeah, exactly. So just all of all of it, I think. And it felt like that was such a prototypical Patriots beating a team that's probably better than them that you saw in that, if you want to call it the first dynasty. They had a bunch of those where they played above maybe their skill level as a team to beat a better yeah. team than them. And it's and- like the it was validation of like that Belichick theory of all three phases of the game where exactly. like everybody knows special teams doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, logically speaking, <laughs> Until it, it does. doesn't yeah. matter. And then, and then in the AFC championship game, that yeah. you have a punt return for a touchdown and a block field goal return for a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Scores. Uh-huh. Honorable it, mention. You score one offensive touchdown from your Honorable back. Honorable mention is the uh, Jonas Gray game. The Jonas Gray game. <laughs> it's hilarious. Just this dude comes out and runs for 200 yards, fucking crushes the Colts, and then is like never heard. Never see it again. Yeah. I would say honorable mention would be the AFC Championship game in Kansas City recently. Yeah. Yeah. That game was game. an absolute like one for the ages. But that's almost too easy. That's why I did meaningless games because I like that one, Steve. Like meaningless game, like. But it just was cool because of one thing. Like, yeah, I, I would say uh, the the first game against the Jets when Randy Moss got there. Yeah, <laughs> when we we're like, how is Randy Moss going to be? He's kind of like maybe his career is petering out, and then you're but like, he didn't play it all in shit, preseason either. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like the celebration move too. Yeah, yeah. His first yeah. touchdown was he outran triple coverage, and Brady's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll throw it that deep. Maybe he'll outrun mm-hmm. it. Nope. Love it. All right, let's go worsts. <sighs> I have one. Give it to me. You want me to go first? Because I have one in mind, too. All right, yeah, you go first, Greg. We'll, we'll do the... Mine is the... Um, it, 
one of the playoff games against Baltimore, the one where Ridley got knocked out cold. Yeah, remember that one where we like kind of outplayed him, but the Pats still lost. And that was the through that stretch where we're like, are they going to make it mm-hmm. to another Super Bowl again? And it was a miserable game. I was watching it with like a bunch of people at Stefan's house in Steve's basement. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the game, uh, Jeff Bean, also known as Dick Bean, fucking pantsed me. <laughs> and like it pulled down my pants and my underwear. And I'm just fucking standing there in front of like a room full of a bunch of my buddies and all their girlfriends. And my <laughs> dick is just hanging out. And I'm in a most miserable mood already. And then he does that to me. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Why <laughs> yeah. would you do that? <laughs> Read the fucking yeah, room, yeah. kid. <laughs> and he just did it for no reason. He was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <"What> the- <laughs> it was so <laughs> stupid. And I was already so miserable that I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's ridiculous. How are you going to kick a guy while he's down like that? Yeah, that's bad. I know. I guess that's why they call him Dick Bean. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not not because his dick is the size of a bean. <laughs> no. All right, uh, Steve. Dean, what's your uh, worst game? Was that that Jets playoff game? Oh fuck! Where I was at Ryan's stories for that game. We had beaten them like like just a couple weeks earlier, like, like forty-one to seven. Yeah. yeah. Just absolutely whooped them up, and I was yeah. like, "This is gonna be the best. We're gonna get them at home this time. We're gonna fucking." crush him in the playoffs and then it was like that first fucking drive where the strip sack and turn for a bump or some shit like that. I don't remember much of that game. I drank all the way through. Was I was at that game. I'm blending in a Ravens game too there with that. There's another Ravens game, a home playoff game where we just got absolutely uh yeah that was uh when whoever their running back was had that like seventy yard run on the first play. Ray Rice, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Rice he is right. Shall not be named. I'm just like I'm just blending those two together. I guess that was a bad. Those game are both like that. awful games. I was at that Jets game. Really? Yeah, and then that I sucks. drove all the way home, and then I was dropping off my buddy who I went to the game with, and I backed into his garage. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was. Oh, I don't know. That was the same night. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. We'll talk in the morning. I'm not talking to your mom right now. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, my worst, a little different. It is last year's wildcard game because it was the last really? game of Tom Brady playing for the Patriots. And the fact that he went out like that and his last play was throwing a pick six. Like it just, it wasn't care. the ending. Remember that shit, Andy. That it should have been. I mean, you, can put, you can put their last two games because they had they had that. First I was at that game. Well, I was I was at the Titans game. Oh yeah, you were there, right? Yeah. And so we're sitting in the rain, watching this happen, and it was just like that's not the ending that should have been the Patriots dynasty. That's not how Brady should have left, you know. Because I think all the way through this, I, I don't know about you guys, but all the way through this, I, I always saw Brady and Belichick winning one last one and then riding off in the sunset, like retiring together and going out on top. And it just didn't happen that way. And it sucked. I don't know. 10 years, we're not going to remember that shit, though. I will. If you were there, you were I hold a grudge, Greg. Andy, you don't know Andy's this by now? Been watching. 
Andy's been watching too much Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Bridgerton, baby. I'm on the train right now. Oh, God. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think an honorable mention would be... No. No, there's only one. No, it's not a Super Bowl. It's the uh, AFC Championship game against the Colts where they were up 21. Yeah, that was on my list. And because everyone was sick, and it was basically whoever won that game was beating. Honorable mention for the worst. Fuck, fuck. What's that? You know, oh, I got another honorable mention for the best. All right, the the Kembrell Tompkins Saints game. Ooh, that's not bad. Yeah, if you want to go, because I was a huge Tompkins stand. Brandon Cooks Texans game too was also sick. Good. Uh, the 2006 playoff game against the Chargers. Troy yes. Brown stripping Marlon McCree. Yeah. That was my other. I mean, there's so many to choose from. Well, those are probably like best moments too, right? Yeah. You think about so, like as opposed to a game, but those moments, those are the moments you remember of like the Campbell Pompkins TD and the. Well, that's what makes the games memorable, right? Yeah. I mean, but, like, we don't remember. We're like full on games of like, like. The snowball had so many of those moments in it, but yeah. there are games where it's just like you define it by that one moment. True, true. I will remember you. <laughs> do, 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 do. Will you remember me? So best uh, best and worst player. Yeah. On Tom Brady edition. Uh, Non-Troy Brown edition, I think. Yeah, non-Tom Brady or Troy Brown. Favorite all-time player, Greg? Go. I mean, it's Ty Law, without a doubt. Ah, fair. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, give me give me a Should top I three. I feel one, like cause... I feel like right, fine. Skip Ty Law. Top one is easy. Okay. Give me a top three. All right, then you guys go first. I'll have to think about it. Mm. All right. You know who I got? Vince Wilfork. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna. That was the first person I was thinking of actually. In my head. Not not because like. <laughs> I don't know, just from the whole package of on-field and off-field and yeah. personality and likability and just like, mm. he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And cost a butt fumble. And we got to put that in the plus columns. And there's like, there's True. nothing in the negative column either. No. Nope. He's awesome at his job. Fucking he was. Through and through Two picture. interceptions as a fucking nose tackle. Yeah. That one he had a game ceiling one against the Raiders early in the year. I remember that. It was like yep. week one. And we we're like, the Raiders sucked at that time. Yeah, and they were great. beating us bad, and they were about to win, and he fucking caught it jumping over, dude. He just had, he was just awesome. I loved him. All right, let's do a snake draft here, so no one steals. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I like that. Okay, so Steve right. went first. Yeah, I call second. Go okay, go ahead. <laughs> Wait, let's start from the top then, because no Brady, but everybody's on the table. I got Ty Law, Andy. You got Troy Brown. Steve gets Vince oh, so Wilford. Again. All right, all right, all right. So uh, Andy, let me write this you down. Go, I'm gonna write this down so we can. No, no, Steve, I get to go again. <clears throat> okay, hey. so, so it's Greg, Andy, Steve. So I Greg does Ty Law. Yep, I get Troy Brown. Troy Brown. I do Vince Wilford and Matthew Slater. Oh, Matthew Slater. That's a deep one. All right, oh, so. Vince Wilfork. Also, same idea. Awesome on the field, even though he plays a less premium position. No negatives off the field. Consistent. Everybody loves him. Emotional heart of the Patriots. Yep. Hall of Famer. 
Um, I feel like I would be a bit of a fraud if I didn't pick my team MVP. So Kevin Falk is my second pick. Okay. <laughs> he he like basically pick. has been, and I completely forgotten this until we started doing this podcast, but he has been in 2002 and 2003, basically the reason the Patriots offense actually does anything in a lot of these games. And I forgot how clutch he was. And obviously you like, I probably knew it on some level because like I had this love for him. Right. But going back and watching these games, it's like, you can see why he's just, he's that tough as nails guy. He's always reliable, always gets you the exact amount of yards you need. Even on the fourth and two, where I, I still think he got that two yards, even though the replay uh, was inconclusive. But Kevin Falk, my number two pick. Greg. It's a pretty good pick. I'm going to go, not outside the box here, but I'm taking Randy Moss. Yeah. I know it was a short stint, but it was such a perfect relationship. I mean, he played in a lot of places, and he's probably going to go down as like a Viking more than anything. But yeah. I think in his heart of hearts, yes, I agree. With he he thinks that like New England is where he was meant to be and play. Yeah, and I that's agree. just so cool that like he was kind of misunderstood in a lot of cities or or with a lot mm-hmm. of like coaching staffs or team cultures or whatever. And like he came to New England on a squad that just wanted to win with Belichick and Brady, and they just like perfectly meshed. I think says a lot about who he is and the type of player and work ethic he has. And I think he like it was like duly reciprocated between yeah. all those guys. Yes. And it just you could you could see it when like they talk about each other like Belichick or Brady or Moss. Yeah. And it's just like it's so it like brings a smile to your face seeing how like happy they all made each other yeah. and the respect <laughs> they all had too. Yeah. And, and they were just so fucking fun to watch when they were on their game that Ugh. like that 2007 season will never be replicated. In his personality. A plus. Yes. I mean, oh yeah. Cash homie came from that season. <laughs> Straight cash. Mm-hmm. Homie. I mean, they're yeah. still being used. Love them. Uh, all right. So snake drive, you get to go again. So my next pick is a player I think is criminally underrated. Um, and he's... Do you own his jersey? Era. I do not. Oh, okay. No. I don't know who this is then. Wes Welker. Oh. Yeah. I was going to pick Wes Welker. I mean, he's the best slot receiver maybe ever. Ever. Right? Ever. Like we talk about how good Julian Edelman is right now. And his his stats are not even in the same universe as well. in comparison. Which yeah, I think a lot of yeah. people I don't know if they just like the last thing they remember is him dropping that pass in the Super Bowl against the Giants. Or just yeah. the way he he kind of left with some animosity. Definitely so, what it was. like things soured on him, but and, and I'm sure we'll get to that in this in this uh podcast, but his contributions to this team were I, I I think you're right. I think he's criminally underrated. I agree. Yeah. And I think he kind of was like, he's like, because Moss was like the, the big play guy that yeah. Welker kind of got lost in that shuffle. But I think without Welker, you don't have Moss, you no. know? Yeah. I, I think Welker that was that does that. like, he was that, that Kevin Falk for that team. He was what the offense kind of, he was the the one that moved the offense, and then Randy Moss was the big play guy on top of that. But without 
Wes Welker. Like their offense just didn't move. So and another way around too, though, without Randy Moss, <clears throat> it was harder for Wes Welker. It would be much harder for him to put those numbers up though, because everyone yeah. could crash down. You know, so they had to respect Randy Moss's speed, so it gave him a lot more room to operate. But you're right, Greg. And he also like blazed that trail of the slot receiver. I mean, Troy Brown, we all love him, and he he kind of created that position within this offense. But Wes Welker took that to a level even unseen since. And I think a lot of the NFL has even copied that. And when they saw like, oh shit, Wes Welker's absolutely crushing it. Everyone tried to find and put those sort of concepts in their offense. Tried to find the whites mm-hmm. uh, slot receiver. Yeah. Whole bunch of Cole Beasley's yeah. come after him. That that's a kick returner for your division rival. <laughs> you know? And also <laughs> uh fun fact, Wes Welker's first ever points he scored in the NFL. Do you know what they were? No. Safety, kicking an extra point against the Patriots as a Dolphin. Yes. That's the best part. Oh. Also, best part of Westwater is the Dolphins had him on their roster and didn't even. Yeah. And but and in that game, I think he he because their kicker got injured like during warmups, like he pulled something. So Wes Welker, I think he played soccer or some shit. Um, so he was the designated like emergency kicker. So he was doing kickoffs. So I think there was one stretch of play where he. Uh, caught a, I don't know if he caught a touchdown or something, but he may have caught the touchdown, kicked the extra point, had the kickoff, and then made the tackle on the kickoff, all in the span of like four plays. Gave the water boy a back rub. Yeah, fucking <laughs> folded but the it, laundry. As soon as I saw that, I think uh, me and Dad were watching the game together. I turned, I'm like, I bet Belichick's got his eye on that Wes Welker kid because he's literally doing everything in this game, and that's like what the Patriots look for in a, in a player is like being able to play multiple positions. He's playing literally all of them. So I'm not saying I called it, but uh, I'm not is it my pick. Fuck it. No, it's my pick. Oh, this is getting harder now. Um, I think I need to go defense and I think I need to go harder the defense. Oh, that's tough. I think I would go, I gotta go Teddy Bruschi. I think there's a lot of big names you could pick mm-hmm. on defense, but I don't think any any of them were the heart of the defense in a way that Teddy Bruschi was for as long as Teddy Bruschi was, including the fact that he literally had a hole in his heart that he got fixed and came back and played with that, which is ridiculous. And I think uh, not because he was kind of almost the how do i put this he he was kind of a linebacker when linebackers were were changing like right linebackers like, used to be the I thumpers you were choking up there andy <laughs> a little bit like he was linebackers are are like they were kind of changing at that time like the early 2000s where they weren't just thumpers anymore and they weren't just neck rolls out there just fucking throwing their bodies at running backs and I think Brewski was that one of the few at the time who could get in there and stop the run, but also like had a bunch of interceptions too and could kind of cover as well. And was that that fire in the middle that kind of got everybody else playing maybe a bit above what they would normally play. So Teddy Brewski is my pick. Mine is similar. Heart of the defense for a long time. Except he didn't have a hole in his heart. He just has a gigantic heart. Okay. Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Sayo. 
<laughs> no. Oh, no, he was giving people holes in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, McCordy. Devin McCordy. He's still not even done either. Yeah. Think about great. that. Drafted first round, made the Pro Bowls. Cornerback. Cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. And then struggled the second year. He did. Labeled a bust, moving to safety. And I mean, how I don't remember what year he was drafted, but it feels like forever ago. It does. Stat check. Super reliable. Been around forever. Runs that whole defense. He really does. He but just like Teddy ran that defense back in the day. Yeah. D Mac runs it now. Any guess to when he was drafted? Two thousand and six. Thirteen. Ten. Split oh. the difference. <laughs> twenty ten. First round. Twenty seventh overall in twenty ten draft. Man for ten years. It's pretty impressive for a defensive player to last ten years. From notably Ratkins. Ratkins. Noted uh NFL player factor but only yes. really for one team <laughs> yeah, literally. and it's cool that he's got to play with his brother too he's yeah like, that's really cool that 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 uh when they did the uh three games of glory and they had the mccordy's after the kansas city chiefs AFC championship uh, game just like singing and dancing in midfield that was great all right, Steve. You get another one. How, how many rounds are we going? I will do it. We'll do. Let's do five. All right. Well, then let's speed it up. We yeah. don't need a fucking fifteen-minute spiel about everybody. All right. Pick two then. Give me two. All right. Uh, you, right? Yeah. I'll do uh, James Devlin. <laughs> stupid pick. What do you mean, stupid? Get fucked, Greg. And. <laughs> Yeah, I think I use root it there, but that's okay. Uh, I'll leave the the obvious one for you guys, and I will go Mayo. Hmm. Rod Mayo is fucking also a sneaky beast. And right. now he's coach on the Patriots too. Even better. True, true. Uh, let's see. Who do we have left? Oh, there's, a, there's an obvious one sitting out there. Yeah, this is a super obvious one. Yeah, I don't want it super obvious. That's why I picked James Devlin, Andy. <laughs> All right, well, then I'm taking him. All right. Um, fuck it, you go next then. I don't care. Fuck okay. I'm going Rob Gronkowski, the greatest tight end that's ever played the game. Oh. A fucking complete goofball off the field. And okay. just such a lovable guy, you know? You just want to squeeze taste. him on his cheek. Huh? Taste my mouth the way he left. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I know, but yeah, but he's still fucking like a completely dominant player for a decade. It's like the a a game changer that was undefendable, and like without him, you don't you probably lose like two more games a season. (laughs) Brady Moss and him. Yeah, those the only three. My elite. My sneaky this uh, whatever. If this might not be allowed, but I'm doing it anyways. Dante Scarnecchia. You know what? No one's going to go any <laughs> offensive lineman. And he, he's the fucking standout from the offensive line for me. Scar. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Andy, your last. That was a roster. Well, was I, was, I was going to, I was going to go offensive line, but I think Greg kind of covered that. Um, I think Dante Hightower yeah. has to be, has to be on the list. 
just because That's three linebackers by the way which is probably the most of any position we've thrown out there yeah um and i'm gonna give it he wasn't here for a long time he's here for a good time rodney harrison because i just love those like heart of the defense guys yeah and i think he was one of them dante was one of them teddy bruski was one of them those were just like they made the defense play differently when they're on the field they play with a bit more of an edge and that's fucking that's that's All right, since you guys didn't take him i am swapping out james devlin for richard seymour yeah that, that would have been my next guy but and you know that's what a good one. this is this is why i think the Patriots sucked so bad this year is because their linebackers are atrocious yeah, like we're trotting out Therese hall and cash mula and i don't know just like just a fuck the entire crop of no name dudes and like rookies basically. Josh Uchi who's a third down pass rusher and Chase Winnow who can't set the edge and just like they're the their it seems like their whole team is built like we just listed three of the awesome linebackers we've had over the last yeah. years and this is really where they fell short they couldn't stop the fucking run and mm-hmm. it's tough tough to watch. Yeah. Although I they do think um, receivers, but I think sneaky linebackers are the worst. I, I, I'm of the uh, opinion that, and I've said this for a few years now, that I think NFL defenses are going to keep getting lighter. And so you're going to see um, more like extra safeties in, in spots for like where you'd actually have a linebacker. You're going to switch out of safety instead, sure. which is what the Patriots started to do, because you can still do a good enough job against the run with that with like a three safety and then one of them in the box, like a Pat Chung sort yeah, of guy. Assuming your other linebackers actually are fucking like, you know, right. but they'll also be able to run with tight ends and kind of run with, with slot wide receivers and shit like that. So I think you'll see more of that in the future. The biggest missed opportunity of the dynasty is the Hernandez Gronk combo. hundred percent. That that would have been so sick for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those two guys together were just the NFL they was not ready for it. They were not. <laughs> no, no, that would have been that's, and it just won't happen again. I feel like. Right. I agree. Unless we get Dalton Keene and Aussie Aussie going <laughs> the next year. <laughs> I mean, the pages have, have have drafted tight ends pretty consistently for a long time. Daniel Graham, Ben Watson. Gronk Hernandez. Gronk Hernandez, and now these two. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. Any other best and worst you guys wanted to uh, to put out there? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do coach, but I think we're all going to say start Skarnecchia and the worst coach is Mangini. So I think that's what it does itself. Was Man? Well, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Not on the Patriots, yes, but yeah. Yes. Pepper Johnson. Uh, all right. Best Let's offensive play. coordinator. I don't know if I can even list them all. Jay McD, Charlie do, Weiss. Uh, I'd probably go Charlie McD. Weiss. All right. Let's do this one. Best best and worst media member. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I'm going Zolak as my best and Felger as my worst. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> Gino Capaletti as my best. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And I think we all know who my worst is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Greg. Think. Say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was jersey. Glad you were in that jersey. Yeah. Uh, because I was going to wear it next week. 
for an actual game. Well, I was going to wear it the next time he commentated a game. And we'll talk about it then. All right. And a little special present just for you, Andy. Because mm-hmm. we love you. Uh, you know, I don't have any... I mean, I guess media members, I'm, I'm, I'm with Andy. I don't know. I guess anybody on Boston Sports Talk Radio is also yeah, the Rodney. sucks. Mike Reese. I, I'll give Mike Reese a Ooh. fucking shout out. Yeah, Mike yeah. Reese is. Legit. I know you love him, Steve. You know who else Jeff Howe? Is Jerry Thornton, too. Jeff Howe writes some good shit. I like Jerry Thornton's shit. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit of a homer for me, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I like homer. I'm down with that. Andy He's very much. He reminds me of Andy. <laughs> Listen. Honestly. <laughs> For everything just spins off. Like he's smarter than Andy, though. You know, he knows listen. He's oh, older yeah. He than knows me. his shit. Yeah. yeah, he knows his shit. He just everything spun to be pro patriots. Mm-hmm. Which is that's the kind of content I'm trying to consume here. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the kind of content I'm trying to make on this fucking podcast here. Not with me around, big fella. <laughs> they call me Mister Balanced. <laughs> call you Mister Fence Post. Miss- Mr. Accountability. <laughs> Mr. Can't make a decision. You're idiots. Oh, I got decisions. Yeah, all right. I got decisions coming up my butt crack, Andy. Okay. I, I got to sleep on my stomach so I don't fuck up my sheets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anything what? else you want to touch on in this? In this all right. Uh, best and worst uh, uniforms. I don't know. I have no opinion on this. Yeah, I don't know. The reds are the best. The, the, the older, the better, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Mama Brown disagree. Yeah, but she's got PTSD. <laughs> it's true. All right. Best and worst uh, kickoff times. <laughs> best is 4.15. <laughs> worst is anything after 8 o'clock. <laughs> so we can get all lubricated. Remember that quote from Brady? Oh, yeah. that's right. He likes the late kickoffs because we get all lubricated for the game. And right. you know what? I took that to heart. He got he got shit for that too. And then I I missed the game because I was in the fucking <laughs> drunk tank. Thanks a lot, Brady. <laughs> you owe me fifty bucks. <laughs> Best and worst Patriots related quote. <sighs> Straight cash, homie. He's got to be up there. Yeah, Straight cash, homie. Yeah. We already talked about that once. The intro to the uh, the Steelers playoff game. I think it's top for me. The worst quote was whatever that Steelers defensive back said to Brady. Yeah. <laughs> he found him in the in the end zone after he throws a touchdown on him. Yeah, it was bad. Was that yeah. 07? I don't remember when that, that was. was, bad was... Decision. Or Trent Dilfer, they're not good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Face it, they're not good anymore. Or uh, <laughs> Max Kellerman. Brady's going to fall off yeah. that cliff. That was, what, yeah. Six years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll put him on or, my uh, list. Or fucking uh, Tom Jackson. These players hate their coach. Yeah. <laughs> In this 2003 season we're doing right now. Yeah. 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 Or um, or or Dungey putting uh, Tom Brady at his uh, what number five quarterback of all time? I don't remember that. That was recent. He just did that recently. Damn. Fuck Dungey. Yeah. Let's see. No one oh. 
was it against the Patriots when uh, Peyton Manning was like, oh, we had uh, protection problems? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's could, that's really... That could be a best quote of all time. That quote right there yeah, not is bad. what made me hate Peyton Manning. That is like the root, Greg. Because I was like, you know what? Tom Brady would never fucking say that. Never yeah. fucking Tom say Brady, that. It's on me. It's my fault. And I'm like, oh. And I don't think Peyton Manning was wrong either. No, he's right too. Because yeah. didn't he throw a Mike Vanderjagt under the uh, under the bus too for missing a field goal against the yeah. Steelers? That he was deserved that though. Oh, and then we yeah. another quote we already talked about tonight was the uh, learn the fucking rule book. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> There's a lot of quotables. I like uh, yeah. we're on Cincinnati. I think that's mm-hmm. a classic. That's a good one to add on there. Also, Gino just going, "It's good, it's good." <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl 36 on that field goal. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, that still gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Yeah. Um, uh, I got to say, this has been really helpful. You know? Yeah. You feeling better, Steve? Yeah, it has, I yeah. I feel I feel way better. I was, I was you got a little more pep in your step. I feel all pissed off today. And, all right, ooh, one last one. Um, Best Belichick coaching decision. I got it. Uh, well, I think they're all. St- can I do worse? Because I. <laughs> no, you can fuck right off, is what you can, can do. I, can I do worse decision that worked out for Belichick? Oh, fine. You prick. It's okay. still a Patriots win, but it was stupid. Greg Brown, the Broncos Jets fan. Let's, the- let's hear it. That was my best. What was it? <laughs> the intentional save. No, no, oh. that's the, that's an actually legit good decision. Okay. But it's the one where they're playing the Broncos in the cold, and he fucking decided to he elected to kick off in overtime because he wanted. Yeah, because the wind. Yeah, get fucked. Damn, he was lucky to get away we with that. That's the fuck dumbest shit I've ever heard. You got the one the fucking wind instead of the football with right. Tom Brady's your goddamn quarterback. You're that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. You're useless. They're playing Peyton Manning, and he wanted the fucking win over. You were at that yeah, game, but they right? had figured out in that game that if yeah. they gave Peyton Manning a certain look, he would check to the run every single time. That was the game that whoever the fuck the running back was ran for like 200 yards, and they still lost after going up like 28 nothing in the first half, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. I feel like you were at that game, Greg. I yeah. was at that game. You should know better. It was like windy. And we don't, have the, we don't have the benefit of like a TV thing. It's like, Garbage. Um, they were, they announced that like the Patriots won the toss and elected the the kick, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Everybody in the stands is like, "What the hell's going on?" I stayed in this fucking freezer over this bullshit. <laughs> was that fucking pandemonium up there? Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. And you, the fact that you're not going fourth and two. Yeah, fourth and kind two. I mean, I'll, I mean, that was, that fine. That was a, for That's us. a defensible coaching decision, as uh, Parker touched. Yeah, on. I actually didn't hate that call. Yeah. They, they, I think they all are for me. Um, yeah, Steve, you were going <laughs> to ruin my my ending. Potential but. safety, I feel, stands pretty high above because no one yeah. was even thinking that. That's like an analytics thing now. You know, like now they're talking about when you go for two, when you're down, like you know, two touchdowns, go for two, and stuff like that. There's, there's a fair bit of that in this day's game, yeah. but back then. Every like, I'm actually kind of excited to watch that game again because I'm sure the announcer is going to like lose their shit. Well, it's and funny you say that. Happens. The snap hits the upright. The hits the is the hits the goalpost. It and does straight up, which is pretty cool. It's funny you say that because 
next week on the Patriots Dynasty podcast. What's that game? The Patriots travel to Denver no to way. play the Broncos in Mile High Stadium. Get the fuck out of here. The last time Tom Brady was there, he threw four interceptions in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's... Will he redeem himself? That was 2001, right? Yes, I believe it was. Yes, he had an awful Dude, game. that's... What a fucking uh, teaser. So, next week on Let's the Page Dynasty Podcast, join us <laughs> for what may be Bill Belichick's greatest, greatest coach. coaching decision. Of the dynasty. Of the dynasty era. We oh. just decided it here. There's no more discussion. It is the greatest decision. <laughs> if this is the next game. Belichick's the best coach ever. Yes. So, and he didn't make a better coaching decision outside of the dynasty. So. The best coaching so decision. The best coaching decision in NFL history, history next week. Thank you, Andy. Join us on the Patriots Dynasty podcast, and we'll see you then. That's a deep. See you later. See you later. See you later.